Amen. I can tell what the Lord is already uh, endeavoring to communicate to some of us here tonight is, 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 is very basic and very simple. It has to do with if you'll seek, you'll find. Uh, I mean, how many Christians, how many people can quote scriptures like that, what, what the Lord Jesus said in Old Testament scriptures, you know, if you call on me, I'll answer you and, and show you great and mighty things which you know not. And, and lots of good scriptures about us going after the Lord. Really, it's just in response to Him drawing us. But you know what I'm talking about. We know these scriptures. But I tell you, I, I think too many of us, we're too busy. Are you listening to me? And if we'll give some time and just, hey, things will increase more and more, more and more, more and more. And, and so understand this, the Lord is not unaware of your heart's desire. The Lord is not unaware of the things that you want and need in your life. He's not unaware of, uh, of every little detail that you've asked Him about, of every prayer that you've, uh, that you've brought before Him. He's not unaware. He has not forgotten. Uh, he, 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 he has not brushed it aside as if it were unimportant. But those things remain present in His mind to this, uh, unto this day. Things that some of you have prayed about even two and three years ago, are still fresh in his mind as if you asked him this afternoon. You've forgotten about it because you haven't seen it all come to pass, but the Lord hasn't. Amen. And it's, it's the will of God that your faith be stirred here tonight to remember those things and trust him. Just because some time has passed in our time, we understand this, the whole thousand years in a day thing, it tweaks our brain. You know what I'm talking about? With the, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Three years seems like a long time to us. With the Lord, it's not. Amen. And He's not forgetful. Right? He doesn't have Alzheimer's or anything like that. Uh, what was that you prayed about a few years ago? No, it's the same as, as, as today. Amen. Don't let it drop. Don't let things go. I haven't seen anything happen yet. So... Amen. Say, well, I've kind of given up. I feel like I failed in that prayer. I feel like I, you know, I didn't stand in faith. Well, listen, you can come back today. Listen, the Lord hasn't forgotten. Just pick up where you left off. Amen. If you kind of gave up on some things, gave up on some dreams, gave up on some hopes and some desires because, you know, you talked to the Lord about it and, you know, it just didn't, you didn't see anything happen. And, and, uh, and here we are. Well, we're still here. He's still there. You know what I'm saying? On the throne. He's still the Almighty God, and we're still here, and our hearts are still beating. That means it's not too late. That means we should not give up or lay aside or, or forget about those things that burned in our hearts. Come on, don't drop that now. And the Lord wants, wants to stir our hearts. Stir that faith up once again and reach out to Him and, and seek Him. You'll find Him. Amen. I don't mean seek Him as, as, as if we're an unbeliever that doesn't know Him, but... We seek His face to know Him more. And we, and we look to Him to receive of those things that man can't give. To receive of those things that we've tried our hardest. That we've given our best effort to, to obtain. And yet it's remained out of our reach and out of our grasp. And the Lord wants us to know, I got it. Got you covered here. And we should understand this, that... Uh, the scripture I made mention of earlier, common, I think it's, is it Matthew 7, uh, where Jesus said, seek and you will what? find, find. 
sometimes when we seek the Lord, we'll find things because He's giving them to us. He's, he's making them manifest in our lives in response to our seeking Him by faith. Sometimes when uh, we seek the Lord, it's a matter of Him opening our eyes to see what's already there. All right? Uh, Say, are there things that the Lord is doing and giving and bringing into a person's life? Yes, yes. uh, Is there a lot that, uh, that people have presently but they're not operating in? That's, that's true as well. Uh, either way, the case is uh, the Lord wants to help us to be fully functioning Christians. All right? And when I say fully functioning, that's not in your own strength. It, it's not just because you work out. <laughs> You're great. It's because you've learned to operate in heavenly substance. It's the word that came up in my heart as soon as we started here tonight. And uh, we've learned to operate in that. We've recognized what is already present. And we've put ourselves in position to call on Him in faith to receive additional equipment. Amen. You've got your toolbox. You've got a lot of stuff. But sometimes you need another tool. Because this job is special. It needs a little special tool. Amen. I remember one time. I had a sprinkler, you know, little plastic sprinklers, and it broke off, uh, but part of it was still down in the pipe. You know what I'm talking about? You screw those in, and then part of it, and I tried my hardest to get that thing out of there. I mean, you know, I'm trying to put pressure on it so I can turn it out. I just couldn't get the thing out. Went by the, you know, the store, Lowe's or something, and uh, I said, how do I get that out? They said, you'd need this tool. <laughs> and I thought... This is probably the only time in my life I'm going to use this tool. It wasn't super expensive, but, you know, it's several dollars, I think. You know, I got this little tool that you stick down in there. It's got these little teeth on it, and then you can screw that thing right out. And I saw it today. In fact, I used it today, but not for that, just to break open a little seal on a on a. I thought, oh, I just popped that in there. <laughs> but what some jobs need special equipment. Amen. Amen. I see such special equipment coming into your life. Amen. Heavenly substance, materiality. And God's, you know, already given you stuff. But he's, he's equipping you. You're not in your own strength and your own might. And He's anointed you. And, uh, and, and everything He wants you to do, you're doing, you'll do by His power, by His uh, supernatural equipment. Amen. Amen. I wonder how many... How many others tonight, and don't, don't just not knee-jerk response, don't lift, just lift your hand like because it's a good thing. Uh, how many in recent days have, have sought the Lord uh, concerning this very thing that, Lord, I, I want to be equipped and ready to do and able to do what you want me to do. I want to be enabled and equipped to, 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 to fulfill your will for my life. Lift your hand if I'm, if I'm talking to you. All right, all right. Good, good, good number of people. Amen. And uh, oh, I'm so glad the Lord hears our prayers. Amen. And these things don't just, you know, sometimes if you don't see an immediate response or you don't have a lightning bolt from heaven, you know, there can be the 
the temptation just to think, well, okay, I, you know, I did my part. I don't really know if God did his part, but I prayed. <laughs> uh, none of these things escape him. None, I mean, think about it. You, I mean, you could be doing anything. But yet you took time and you had a heart to say, Lord, I want your will in my life. I want to be empowered by you. I want to parent supernaturally. I want to be a supernatural Christian on my job. I want to share the gospel and lay hands on the sick. We want to be about the Father's business. There's something special about that. We understand that not a whole lot of people in the world are seeking that. You understand that even Jesus' parents were surprised when he hung out because he was 12. They thought, you know, maybe he's at 7-Eleven playing video games, you know, because, you know, they didn't have like the Wii yet then. So he couldn't do it at home. And, you know, but other, other 12-year-old kids, and you know, but he was seeking his father's business. Amen. That shows it's possible, those who have 12-year-olds. We have one. It's possible for a 12-year-old to be very, very interested in God's will and His plan and be knowledgeable, be able to talk with the, the best. Amen? Amen. And I really believe this, that the Lord is revealing to us tonight. Amen. Things that are already there. He wants to help you to see Him to walk in. And just like in the natural realm, there are times and seasons for planting and harvesting. So there are likewise in the realm of God's plan for your life and His purposes to come to pass. There are times when you're doing more planting and preparation and and getting ready. And there are times of fulfillment. And there are times when, uh, when it seems like all of a sudden. How many understand when the Bible uses those terms like on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, when it says, suddenly there was a sound of rushing mighty wind and, and, and that's when they were all filled with the Spirit. Uh, how many understand that suddenly was not suddenly to God? He didn't go, oh, I'll do this. I had a, I had a thought. I could do like wind and fire and they could all speak in tongues. No, it was suddenly to them, they'd been sitting, you know, they'd been waiting in obedience to the Lord, waiting for the promise of the Father. And suddenly to them, it's like all of a sudden, things are going. All of a sudden, there's stuff happening. Man, the wind's blowing in here. You're on fire. And... uh, and what's this coming out? What's your man? And all of a sudden, it's glorious. Things are happening. Right? Their obedience set that up, by the way. Them doing what the Lord said. But it wasn't all of a sudden to God. He knew this for, he always knew it. That that time would come. And the Lord's got some things He knows already about your life and about your future. He knows everything about your future. But some of us, when we obey, <laughs> there'll be some, wow, there, there it is. Well, all of a sudden. All, it wasn't all of a sudden to God, but to us, oh, there it is. All of a sudden, there it is. 
and things start happening and things start moving and opportunities arise and open doors happen and divine connections and, and, and th- th- all of a sudden. Well, it wasn't all of a sudden. All right. But you doing what you're supposed to do and being where you're supposed to be, set that up. How many don't understand the day before the all of a sudden in the upper room there in Acts chapter 2? It was the same as two days before and three days before and four days before. and it's Nothing, apparently. Nothing, 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 nothing. And now I can, I'm going to speculate here. All right, just, uh, others have speculated as well. But the Lord Jesus appeared to 500 people at once. Know that? And he appeared to his disciples and so forth. Uh, in the upper room, how many were there? Makes me wonder. Where were the others? Maybe they left the day before. Maybe they left a week before. Maybe some of them thought, oh, I'm not even going. I, I don't know the answer. I can only speculate. But I wonder if there would have been a bunch more than 120. But some got impatient. And they sought the Lord. And they said, I'm waiting. And, well, nothing's happening. Stay there. Amen. When the Lord says to go and the Lord says to do, you go and you do until He says otherwise because you're suddenly coming. Amen. Suddenly something's going to happen. Hey. Amen. And I'm so thankful that the Lord leads people and He guides people into His perfect will and plan. And, and uh, many of us can tell stories about how He led us into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And maybe you were serving God and, you, you, you know, you were saved on your way to heaven, but you didn't know anything about it or maybe didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, those people speaking in tongues and being filled with the Spirit. But the Lord led you. And whether it was around another group of people or a, a, a church or maybe it was here and maybe this is you what I'm talking about right now. And something starts stirring in you. <laughs> and uh, it stirs and stirs and stirs. And before you know it, you're one of them. And wouldn't have it any other way. Would never, ever for a moment go back. <laughs> you know, I've never heard that from anyone. I really, I mean, you would think if it were even just mediocre, you might hear that from a few. I've never heard from a believer, a Christian, who was walking with the Lord but without the fullness of the Spirit. And they came into the baptism of the Spirit and had a glorious time, spoke in tongues. I've never heard one say, you know what? I wish I never had that. I'd just soon go back to being the way I was, just saved but without the power, without the ability. I've never heard anyone say that. That's evidence enough for some. Evidence enough for me. You mean 100% of the people like it? This is, I mean, maybe there's someone I don't really know. I don't, can't claim to know what in everybody's brain. But uh, in my experience, I've never heard anyone say, no, I just I don't like that. I got filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues. God moved all over me. and I just soon do it. That's a pretty good rate there. Pretty good percentage that, man, they all receive and they all like it. I mean, think if your customers were, you know. If you had that high a percentage, you you had a product, and everyone, you could put it in your brochure, everyone likes this. 
I mean, no returns ever. The Lord's never had a return. <laughs> Amen. So what? Do you, so, so so what's important here is that we recognize that there are times when the Lord moves us in a certain way to seek Him, and it's important that when He moves us to do things, that we respond to that. That's just one example. Because I can point to you about different times in my life where uh, I can definitely tell there was, there was an increased draw of God for me to pray. I know the Word says, pray without ceasing. But for some reason, I needed to pray more. I needed to seek God more. I needed to do something else more. Or maybe I wasn't doing it at all. I needed to do that. It's important that we not pass up those times. Right? Because those times, man, they unlock doors and they provide opportunities and God takes you and and steps you up. Because why? It's just the right time for that for you right now. And if you pass it up, doesn't mean you're not saved, but you did miss out. Missed out on something great. Amen. Amen. And I really believe this. Thank you, Lord. God's so good. I just enjoy His presence right now. <laughs> Amen. Just so good. Sometimes He interrupts me and just makes me feel good. <laughs> and I think, well, that was nice. I didn't even ask for that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, now what was I going to say? Uh, it's all good. But it's important for believers to learn to receive from the Lord. Receiving from God is vital, all right? Because everything that we do that's worth anything, that has eternal value and significance, it's done through Him. Of myself, I can do nothing, all right? Everything I can do of value, it is by His ability in me, His gifts. And I'm talking whether it's seemingly natural or spiritual. Everything I do of value comes from me being used by God. So I've got to know how to receive from Him. I've got to know how to get stuff from Him. Thank you, Lord. This is just so good in here. Thank you, Lord. Man, I want to I look at Romans chapter 12, I think. Praise God. God's just really happy with some of you. Some, um, maybe all of you. <laughs> I wasn't prophesying there. <laughs> I just tell you what the Lord's pleased when uh, we gather in His name. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's important to yield to the Spirit. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, that's what we do here. But, but learn to yield to Him. And, uh, you know, like when I had you uh, lay hands on each other and pray for and minister to one another, and, and uh, I, I don't know how many of you experience any kind of physical manifestation of something. And sometimes I hesitate to say things like this because I realize there are times people feel nothing, see nothing, hear nothing. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want that to be a discouragement to anyone to think if I prayed for someone and no sparks or anything that that it wasn't valuable or I'm not anointed or anything like that because that's just not the truth. And uh, I'm surprised sometimes because we have we have different meetings like healing meetings you know we do once a month there are times when the presence of god is overwhelmingly strong 
super, I mean, when I say strong, I feel him all over me. Well, I'm ministering. It's like, yeah. And, uh, and for, for whatever reason, there are other times when I don't perceive the power as strong. But sometimes we have more testimonies when I don't. <laughs> Serious. I'm like, what's up with that? I'm just saying don't be concerned about that. However, if maybe some of you even tonight when we do, sometimes people will get us, they'll have experiences when they pray for people or when someone prays for them uh, where the power of God will be felt going out of you. Sometimes, sometimes when I minister, I'll just tell you my story because it's not the same as everybody else's, but sometimes my hands get hot. Sometimes it's literally, the, you, it, it's, uh, I feel the power going out of me. And uh, I remember one of the first times I, I experienced that, I was ministering in the, I was an altar worker at Brother Hagen's camp meeting. And I wasn't, I was just one of a bunch of us. I wasn't the leader or anything. This is, and when I was in Bible school, I was just serving, helping out. People would get saved and we went, we'd take them out to the prayer room. And uh, get every, pray prayer, you know, everyone gets saved, and then get them all baptized in the Spirit right there. And uh, I remember I was surprised the first time. Because literally they, we, we did kind of a mass prayer. There were probably, I don't know, I'm guessing 50 people maybe, maybe a little bit more in the room at this time that came to be either saved or rededicated or filled with the Spirit. And uh, so they got everyone right with God. And we prayed a mass prayer with everyone. Pray this prayer to be filled with the Spirit. And uh, and then the main leader just had the rest of us just go go and lay hands on people. Uh, they were standing in rows. And I remember going up to the first person, and I got my hand close to him, and the power of God went right out of me, into him before I got my hand on him. And I, you know, I wanted to do a good job, so I followed through. I kept my, <laughs> I put my hand all the way on him. But you know what? Uh, I didn't really need to. Because I remember thinking, phew, nice. <laughs> I mean, I was in faith that they'd be filled, and I was doing my part, but what caught me off guard was the tangible feeling of God's power going. I thought, nice, that's good right there, yeah. <laughs> It'll, I mean, you can get addicted to that. And we'll mess you up. You think, I like when God moves through me. This is good. This is good. <laughs> and so maybe some of you have, uh, again, has it happened that way all the time for me? No, no. And so, uh, but if some of you have sensations like that, you find yourself walking through the store and your hands start burning. And man, the Lord's teaching you, helping you to recognize that you have something to give. You have something you can minister to people, and that helps their faith sometimes when there's a tangible anointing. Amen. Amen. But it's good, to, it's good to be able to, uh, to yield to the Spirit, but also then we have to be able to receive, all right? Why is it sometimes when you, when you minister to some that it's so very evident that they receive and they're able to receive quickly? And others, it's like, <clears throat> you know, it's like empty hands on empty heads, you know. <laughs> That, that whole scenario is like, okay, God's here on me, but it doesn't seem to be, nothing seems to be happening in them. And you step and you, you, you help, you pray with another person and whammo, 
And it's just like, whoop, there, power of God goes right there. Why is that? God's not a respecter of persons. He's not playing favorites. He's not choosing to help one and not help another. Right? We need to know that. By the way, that ver- that's a whole subject in and of itself. But that is one of the reasons why some don't receive well from the Lord. They're not sure God wants to. They're not sure they qualify. They're not sure that they're good enough or they're questioning their own faith or they're questioning something. And so they, uh, some are trying real hard in their own might to receive. I think, I've got to do everything right. No, you don't. You relax, right? But sometimes that wrong thinking is a great hindrance. Okay, look at Romans. You're probably already there. Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3. 12.3 For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of, of faith. What's the way that we are supposed to think about ourselves? Uh, the Bible says, not too highly, but soberly. All right. I, th- I see the word sober, and I think of. Maybe, I guess you don't think like I do. <laughs> I think the opposite of that is a person who's drunk. Right? A person is drunk or sober. If a person is drunk, how many know in our. Society, thank God, they're not allowed to drive or do some things. Why? Because their judgment is impaired, right? They're not going to measure distances right. They're, you know, they don't see things accurately and correctly. So the law says you stay out of your car, stay out from behind the wheel if you're drunk, if you had too much alcohol. We are supposed to view ourselves not with glazed eyes over and, and uh, in other words, deceived in some way. We're not supposed to see ourselves in any way but in accordance with the way things are. How many know you are the way you are whether you know you are or not? You might think you're something else, but you still are whatever you are. I am whatever I am, whether you think I am that or not. Hmm. Someone puts you down? Big deal. You are what you are, whether they say so or not. Someone, they don't recognize my gifts and my contributions. Well, you still are what you are. They don't change that by not giving you an applause. Hmm. And from this side, I'm not more than I am because I think I am. If I think I'm just all that and I'm the cat's meow and I'm the God's answer to the planet, doesn't mean I am. I still am what I am. And this is what the will of God is for us, to see ourselves that way. God wants us to see ourselves soberly, clearly. We have an accurate perception of who we are. And the, the danger there, again, is pride, where we see ourselves more highly than we are. This is not saying, see yourself as scum of the earth. See yourself as poor as me, lowly. No, but to see yourself accurately, just not more highly than you are, because you are high. In Christ, but don't see yourself more highly. Say, what does this have to do with receiving? It has everything in the world to do with receiving. 
I'm telling you, when, when people think too much of their own opinions, it's a great hindrance to receiving from God. Part of us receiving from the Lord, whether it's coming through another person, someone else praying for you, for you, or you just praying the prayer of faith to the Lord, part of receiving from God is being able to make adjustments until reception is there. If I'm seeking God, whether it's you praying for me or me seeking the Lord myself, and I'm not getting anything, nothing's happening, what should I do? I should make adjustments until I do receive. All right. so, some who don't know that, some just cannot accept for a moment that there's something that they're doing wrong. Some won't acknowledge for a minute that there's some error on their end. And it's real convenient to say, well, whatever God wants to happen. It's real convenient to say God's in control and whatever He wants to do, He's going to do. Because that takes all the responsibility of any kind of change and adjustment out of me. All it does is I see myself more highly than I ought to think. I think there's no problem with me. It's all God. How arrogant. You realize how many believers are in that place? They won't accept for a moment that we have to change. And if something's not happening, if something's not working, that it's adjustments on our end that need to take place. No, it's just, well, God's going to do it in His time. And, and God's got a plan and, and whatever He wants to do. No, you full of pride. you just arrogant little thing. You're thinking too highly of your own opinions. You have this idea that everything you think about God is right. And especially you get into danger when people do know some scriptures. Because they want to let you know, I, I, I know this scripture and I know this scripture and I, I know what the Bible says about this. And, you know, when it, when it comes to receiving healing, this can be a great, a great hindrance. Because sometimes, in my experience, sometimes when people know a whole lot of healing verses, they think they've got it. But yet it's not working in their body. Yet they're not healed, but they think in their mind, I know all about healing. No, the very fact that it's not working, don't take this wrong. The very fact that it's not working means there's something else to know. It may be something you already know, but you don't know it. Maybe something you've already heard and seen, and, and, but there's some, something they're missing. Because adjustments, when they're made, bring power. They bring answers, they bring change. Circumstances are removed. And if nothing's happening, adjustments need to be made. Not on God's part. He's the same. He never changes. He'll never change. Adjustments need to be made on our part. And so what this takes is a good dose of humility. Humility says, yep, God's always right. He's always faithful. His word is always true. And, uh, and I'm going to learn to make adjustments. Amen. We all have opinions. We all have things that we hold... Don't make your opinions God in your life. Don't, don't hold them in such high esteem that you're just ready to, uh, you know, not receive anything that, that's, that's different from the way you've always thought. That's a dangerous way to live. Okay? Amen. So don't think of yourself too highly. Because God has dealt to every man, to each one, in measure of faith. Let's look over in the book of Matthew. Chapter 15. Everybody okay? 
Having fun yet? In Matthew 15, this is a good example of this. Verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. What's another way to say that? I don't think we oftentimes use that language. (laughs) He ignored her. We don't oftentimes say, and I answered them not a word. (laughs) Don't you mean you didn't answer them? Okay. (laughs) But what happened? Jesus now ignored her. How well would that go off with you? Because sometimes we think now, I've taught a little bit from, from Romans there, and it was theory. I mean, there wasn't a real-life application for us to apply that to. Okay, here's one. Because we, we would think, oh, yes, anytime I'm wrong, I'm going to change. I'm not going to think too highly of myself. Okay, here's, a, here's an opportunity right here. Wouldn't this woman have an opportunity to think, well, who in the world does he think he is? I mean, I've come all this way. I've got problem. I've got a problem here. I mean, my daughter is tormented by the devil, and this guy Jesus—he's supposed to be such a hot shot, and he ignores me. I mean, couldn't you see someone justifying quickly in their minds? I'm right. He's wrong. I'm telling you, saved people do this in churches all the time. They come up with an idea. I'm right. They're wrong. But how many understand that if, if, if this woman would have continued in that position, she went to him asking for help, gets ignored. Side note, Jesus is right. And he ignored her. Is it ever possible? Let's just consider the option that it could be right for someone to ignore you. I know it sounds rude. I'm just saying consider the possibility. Because what's the temptation here? Again, for her, it's to say, oh, well, blessed God, I'm I'm out of here. I'm back, going back to Canaan. I'll just take care of my demon-possessed daughter the best way I can. But these people won't give me a time of day here. Okay, she could have done that. She could have got on Twitter and shared it with all her friends and, and, and just... Let everybody know how, how rude Jesus was and how he ignored her. And, she, and you know, she kind of started a little club. And, and uh, she could have had her say and felt like, yeah, bless God, I told them off. But how many understand her daughter's still demon-possessed if she does that? How many understand all day long people stiffen their neck and say, I'm right. This is the right way. You're wrong, I'm right. But they keep their problem. Bless God, I had my say. I just don't like the way they did that. Okay. Be right and stay afflicted. Stay in bondage. But be right. You're right. Good job. You told them. Or we can be like this woman. Let's keep reading. He answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. So it wasn't just Jesus, it was his disciples too. said, could you get rid of this woman? This woman is annoying. She keeps crying out, could you just tell her to leave? Well, would that upset you? (laughs) 
you know, I'm not to say here that I'm Jesus by any means, but I want to, I try to put a real face on this. Maybe you came to, for prayer here and I ignored you. And then Pastor Allen and Pastor Mickey and, uh, and some of the uh, ushers and stuff came up to me and said, could you just tell her to go away? <laughs> and you heard this and you thought, we're all around here and we're trying to get rid of you. Well, you bless God, you have a right to stomp on out of here and have your say. And I can't believe that. Play, write a column to the statesman, and, you know, a little opinion, and let them know how root. But you still get your prop, keep your problem. Amen. So are you saying that you have the power to help people? Yes. Not my own power, but it's the power of God. Amen. You're saying people have to come to you to get it. Not to me alone, but... Uh, but there are times when a person is going to receive through me or through you. And if they resist you or me or someone else, they're not going to get their answer from God. Because he will move through them, through that person. And if we say, no, I don't want to receive from him. I've, heard, I've seen situations where people uh, had, a, had a problem, a physical problem, and they would not receive prayer because there was something about the person praying that they didn't like. And yet God was moving, no doubt, through that person. See, you know, if, if someone's standard is someone's got to be perfect before they can pray for me or, or be used of God in my life, man, you're toast. <laughs> I mean, you're not going get, to get very far because everyone's got issues or quirks, or personality things. But this person that I'm speaking of, they missed, they missed out on God because they didn't want that person praying for them. And I actually talked to this person about it. That's how I know. They told me. I said, you need to go have that person pray for you. You know, I doubt they'd get healed by through any other person because of their attitude towards that one. We're a family. We're a body. Schisms are not allowed. He answered her not a word. The disciples said, get rid of her. Verse 24. He, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you could see part of his motivation there is this is not my assignment. My assignment is the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him. In other words, she gets ignored. The disciples are talking about her. Get, get, get away. Jesus said, I'm not, even, I'm not even here for you. She's totally being pushed out. What does she do? She comes to worship. She's persistent. She never gives up. But watch this. She keeps making adjustments too. It's not working. The first time she came up, she got ignored. Okay, that didn't work. What does she do? She keeps coming after him. Keeps coming after him. They say, get rid of her. Get rid of her. And that doesn't work. Jesus said, I'm not even sent to you. So she changes her approach. She says, well, I'm going to worship. And she goes and starts worshiping Jesus. The guy who ignores her. This serves us well to recognize there are times when if things aren't working, change. Keep making adjustments until the gears come into alignment and it works. She worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So she's still not getting it, is she? I mean, how far do I have to go with this guy? I mean, I even worshipped him, and he still won't give you the... He calls me a dog. Right? He called her a dog. She said, this is, not, this is not for the dogs. 
You're a dog. Would you take offense yet? Would the modern-day American Christian take offense to this? Let me tell you from the pastor's standpoint, in a heartbeat, there's a whole lot of them that take offense at anything. I almost come to church to be offended, looking for something to be mad at, looking for someone to be annoyed with, looking for something that's not perfect so they can stomp out and have their say and bless God, I'm more spiritual than everybody else. And you still got your demon too. Stinks to be you. Demon possessed and full of pride. So you won't change. You hold your opinion so high that you're always right. And that's a hindrance to receiving from God. One of the things, remember Proverbs 6? says there are six things that God hates. Seven are an abomination to Him. One of them is a proud look. It's one of the things listed that God says, I hate that. When someone is proud. But he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and give it, throw it out to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. In other words, what's she doing? She's humbling herself and said, Call me a dog? All right. Dogs get the crumbs, don't they? And how many understand when a person humbles themselves? How do you come up with an answer like that? This evil Canaanite Syrophoenician woman. I mean, they were dogs. They were into some evil stuff. And all she's coming up with these, these, these answers. Like, what is that? Because well, when you humble yourself, grace is revealed. Grace manifests. I, I think she's getting, she's getting answers from the Lord because she's humbling herself. And not saying, I'm right, you can't call me that. You can't treat me this way. You can't do me. No, she's just... I need help. I'll change. I'll do whatever. Man, I tell you what, that there's an attitude in the heart of people that allows them to access the things of God. And it's, a, it's an attitude of, Lord, I'll change. I'll do whatever, I'll, whatever you want. Uh, what do I, you know, that attitude opens a person up to receive wisdom and to receive from the Lord. Then Jesus answered and said to her, now, now she gets a different response. She kept changing. She kept adjusting. She kept pursuing. Now she gets a different response. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And what happened? Her daughter was healed from that very hour. She kept changing, kept adjusting, kept changing. I've had people come to me for prayer. And I'm, you know, what I love to do. Uh, love to help people get healed and get answers from God and get uh, get victory. Anybody know who she is? <laughs> Many of you remember that. Remember the circumstances. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know her, and so I haven't talked to her since. Uh, but you remember in that service, towards the end of the service, we lots of people. Good things were happening, and and I think it was her son waved at me, and uh, and. Uh, she was a little bit older lady, and, and she, I went back there to minister to her, and they, he said, uh, well, she said she's 90% blind. I stood in front of there, got in the pew over there, and she, she didn't even know who I was. She come right in front of her. I guess she could see me a little bit there because she couldn't see me when I was up here. And so I laid hands on her, and she said, it's still the same. Still can't see. Remember that? And, uh, and so what did I do next? I started teaching her. 
I started helping her and correcting her with her thinking and saying this is the way, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to say because I could tell by her words that her thinking about healing wasn't quite right. And the Lord loved her, wanted her to heal, and I wanted to get her healed right then. And so I was telling her what to say and how to think and just giving her some little bit of instruction. In other words, what's happening there? There need to be adjustments made. I came back up to the front, you know, and I told, I gave the story about my back and, 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 and told uh, about my healing there years ago and, and, and some of that. And then we were getting ready to, to dismiss. Uh, they're waving at me again. And she said, I can see you now. I can see you now. Well, what's happening? Adjustments were made. And she was humble. She wasn't resisting me. I mean, uh, uh, and she wasn't resisting the words that I was saying. Because I told her, you know, say this. And she was trying to say it exactly the way I said it, which is not what I meant. But, you know, in principle, say this and don't say this and, and, and so forth. And, and, but adjustments were made and her eyes were healed right there. And I'm telling you, Let's not let any kind of misconception stand between us and what God wants to do in our lives. If you've prayed and things aren't, things aren't working, humble yourself. Be open to further instruction. So what should I do next? Well, this woman worshipped. I'd say that's a good start. Hey, Amen. So something not happening. Just worship God. Worship Him. He's good. He's good. He's good. And, and never quit, but be humble and open for adjustment. And if it's, if it's someone else that's helping you, listen to them, especially if they know what they're doing. And if they don't, give them the benefit of the doubt. Because if it's not working, listen. And let's not hold our own opinions so high that, no, bless God, I'm right. I know this. I, I, this is, I've been in church for do you know how long. And uh, I know this. Uh, <laughs> when... Uh, when we first started the church here, you see, I'm just a young man, aside from what Joe Morris says. Uh, uh, how, how old was I? Like 33? Something like that. But I've always had and uh, continue to have and will always have kind of a youthful appearance. <laughs> In other words, when I was, when I was like 33... I may have looked that, but some people could have thought I was 23. And, uh, and to some, that was a hindrance. Now, not a lot of people, I don't think, but some, they think, well, how old is he? I'm going to come to church and listen to him. And some of you may think that now, but if, you're, if you keep coming, I guess you got over it. Uh, but how many understand that that's a hindrance to them receiving. If they think, you know, because when I started ministry, you know, I was 22 as far as being, you know, a pastor on a staff. And, and uh, you know, quite frankly, I would have looked at myself and thought, what? We've got to recognize uh, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the anointing, the call of God on people's lives and not be hindered just by natural stuff. But I'm telling you, those things can be a hindrance. If someone thinks, what could they tell me? If that's the question, then nothing. And the sad, th- sad truth about that is God can tell you nothing. Unless it comes through some predetermined form that you say that's acceptable. Then God can speak to you. But I have a feeling he might want to use someone that you don't like. <laughs> or that bends, you know, 
your predetermined shape to let, so He can let you know that He can move through anyone at any time. But if, we're, if you ever find yourself having that attitude, what is this person going to say? What is this person, what do they got, you know, I know more than them. Thanks. You saying I don't? I'm saying I don't know. That's not the issue. There's no doubt that people here probably know more than me about certain, about, certainly about some things. I probably know more than you about some things, and you probably know more than me about some things. And what, what, that's not the issue. Amen. We just need to be able to trust God that if He's put His Spirit on someone, and if He has uh, anointed someone to do something, that I need to learn how to receive. Amen. Not just gullible and I just swallow everything that comes my way, but I am humble. And I will consider the, uh, the, consider the notion that I could be wrong about something. And if someone instructs me to do something, we talked about this recently, like, like Naaman in the Old Testament who had leprosy. And he went to the prophet and thought, he's going to wave his hand and the leprosy is going to be gone. And his pride was really close to keeping him from his, uh, from his miracle. He would have died. Because the prophet told him, go dip in the Jordan seven times. And he thought, that doesn't make sense. It's a dirty river. Why would I do that? Because that's what the man of God said to do. And since you're already, you know, leprous, you're not getting any better, you might as well give it a shot. And he finally did. And it worked out pretty nice for him. <laughs> Amen.